All right, if I could have everybody take a seat. Weekend, we will be combining the services on September 4th into one service at 10 a.m. So, I think Daylight Saving actually got eliminated, but you guys all get to turn your clocks back one hour on September 4th and show up at 10. Uh, we have a new Creations Women's Retreat, September 16th to 18th at Zephyr Point Conference Center. That's right, a beautiful, uh, a beautiful site at a beautiful lake filled with beautiful ladies. Ladies, come on out, fun, fellowship, food, uh, and hang out with each other. Registration is online. The last day to sign up for that is August 28th. And... Also very exciting, we've got home Bible studies and small groups starting in the fall. Yeah. We need uh, people who are willing to open their homes, and we need people um, to lead the Bible studies. So if you are interested in either or both, meaning hosting a Bible study or leading one, or leading one at the home that you're hosting it from, uh, please sign up at the Welcome Center. And if you have any questions about that, you can contact the church office. That is all of our announcements. Uh, quick little thing. We went out to the lake uh, yesterday. Every single finger and toe came back. I am happy to announce <laughs> there were fireworks. There were no mishaps. So for all of you who prayed for us, thank you. At this time, we are going to enter our time of giving and worship, so we just want to continue to uh, thank and uh, just thank you if you have been faithful to your tithes and offerings. Uh, we can't do what we do uh, without that. So we do offer three ways to give tithes and offerings here. You can do it in the box at the back of the sanctuary where the welcome cards go. You can do it online through our website or you can do it uh, through mail. Uh, either way, either, all three ways uh, are just as effective, whatever you prefer. And at this time, as we are about to enter our singing worship, I would ask everybody to bow their heads as we enter our time of prayer. Father God, we are so thankful to be able to have the blessings to give them to you. We recognize that everything that we have, whether it be breath or money, came from you. And we ask that you take these songs that we'll present, that you take this tithes and offerings that we present, and that you would use it to further your kingdom, to help save the unsaved and to help bring those who know you closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. So we went to Reno Oasis on Friday night, and it was an amazing thing as our worship team was able to glorify God's name in the, in the open square. <laughs> and what was so cool, though, is there was, there was believers, there was um, unbelievers, and we knew that because after we got done playing one song, somebody, again, with no, uh, no malice in their heart, just, just because, you know, it's how they talk, they just said, wow, that was bleep good. <laughs> and I was like, you know, we need, we need some uncooked people, amen, that, that, you know what I'm saying? 
God send us people that are like that who are just raw sinners who need Jesus. Amen. 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 Let's worship God this morning.
Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning, church. Sister Jeannie, if you can come and please pray for the service this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Father God, thank you for this service. May you come like the Lion of Judah. May your Holy Spirit fall afresh and new on us and light us on fire. Father, may today be a day that we would remember. And Father, may you move in each and every one of us in a way that we have never experienced before in our life. In the very strong and powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great receiving communion at this time. Amen. If you don't have a, uh, a cup with you, please raise your hand and we'll make sure we get one for you right now. If you don't have one. Anyone here don't have one? Musicians, thank you so very much. You may be seated. Thank you. Appreciate you. Corinthians, I want to read Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Please take the cup. Amen. I'd like a, a board member uh, to come forward um, to pray over the uh, bread this morning, if I could, please. Ron Sherwood, could you please come and pray? for us, please. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Father, if we take this bread in remembrance of your body that was broken, the sacrifice that you made for us, to forgive us of our sins, the ultimate sacrifice. 
We ask that you would bless this uh, communion this morning and be with each of us as we partake. Amen. Amen. Let me take the bread. Thank you. I'd like another board member to come forward, please, if I, if I could, and have you bless the, uh, the juice this morning. Brother Mike McDaniel, could you please come uh, forward and then pray for the uh, juice this morning? Amen. Thank you, Mike. Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for the sacrifice that you made for all of us. And as we take this juice that represents your blood, help us to remember the sacrifice that you made for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may drink that. I'd like you just to close your eyes for a moment. And just imagine being there in that moment with Jesus. As he broke his body spilled his blood as we're here right now 2,000 years later partaking in what he's asked us to do to remember so I'd like you to take this time and to remember what Christ has done for your life remember where he brought you from remember where you were before you gave your life to Jesus. Remember where your parents were before they gave their life to Christ. Remember where you were. Father, thank you for this moment that we can just come into your house and partake of your body to remember what you did for us on the cross. But also I pray we will never forget where you brought us from. We thank you. As we are able to partake and receive communion. In your name we pray. I heard about this pastor, he was in the lobby after service, and he was greeting people, and he saw this man that he hadn't seen in a long time. He pulled him over to the side and said, sir, you need to join the army of the Lord. The man said, what are you talking about, pastor? I'm in the army of the Lord. He said, how? I only see you during Christmas and Easter. The prisoner whispered back, said, pastor, I'm in the secret service. <laughs> I mean, you know, we don't, we don't need secret service in the house of God. Amen? Amen? We don't actually, Jesus don't need secret service. He needs the faithful. Amen. 
Church, before I start and begin this sermon, I want to challenge you all this morning. I have, uh, I have some, I have two things. I have some good news, and I have some better news. I believe the better news is going to be saved for the end of the service. And the good news I'll share with you right now. We are going to be calling a church-wide fast. Somebody got excited. Wow. Uh, I thought I'd get a little more excitement than that, but that's okay. Uh, I was going to think, I was thinking about doing this during uh, Thanksgiving time, but something told me not to. Uh, but a church-wide fast, this will be a three-day uh, water fast, uh, coffee, black coffee, uh, black tea. Um, those who are watching online, I want to encourage you to be a part of this three-day fast. We'll be meeting here at the church every evening from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. for prayer. Um, don't feel obligated. You don't have to. Um, but more than physically, spiritually, I want to be closer to Jesus. And I would encourage you to join us on this three-day adventure. Who here has ever fasted before? Amen. It's a wonderful thing. Um, it can be tough. And so I want your heart to be prepared already right now as I'm preaching this word that God has given me for you this morning. As we as we uh, move forward, Amen. Helen Keller, who was blind and deaf, said, and I quote: "The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision." Proverbs twenty nine eighteen: Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. I love the King James version. It reads: Where there is no vision. The people perish. I've titled the sermon, Our Church, Our Vision. Mark chapter 8, verse 22. It's a story about Jesus coming to a blind man. I'd like to put myself in this story right now. Maybe not physically, but spiritually at times in my life. When I begin to be blinded towards the things of what God wants to do. Mark chapter 8, verse 22, it reads, Then Jesus came to Bethsaida, and, and they brought a blind man to him, and he begged him, and they begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him, if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored. And every and he saw everyone clearly. This story is important, especially around the idea of vision. I know this is not physical vision, but it can also relate to spiritual vision. The Bible says Jesus went to Bethsaida, so we can picture Jesus walking, and all of a sudden they bring this blind man to him, and they beg him to touch Jesus. How many of you know, right there shows me, they didn't know who Jesus was, because you don't have to beg Jesus 
to touch you. Thank God. They're begging Jesus to touch them. Jesus is not some uh, TV superstar off to his next big event. This is Jesus. The Bible says Jesus grabbed him by the hand and did what? He led him out of town. Jesus could have healed him on the spot. He was in Bethsaida and he led him out of town. This is Jesus who healed Lazarus on the spot, who was healing people on the spot. But for some reason, he took this man and led him out of town. Why did he not heal him right there? Something that I get out of this is sometimes Jesus is not touching you to heal you right away. Sometimes he just wants to lead you and me. Sometimes Jesus says, before I can heal you, can I, can I lead you? Before I deliver you, can I, can I walk with you? Before you get what you want, can I give you what you need? Jesus grabbing me, grabbing you, grabbing him by the hand. His love saying, this atmosphere, this place that you've been at for like 38 years, it's not good. This is what you need. Can you picture the blind man saying, wait, is this even Jesus? Where are you taking me? What, what's going on? You see, there was some faith because we do not see it recorded right here where the blind man saying, hey, I, I don't know. Is, are you really Jesus? Where are you taking This is not familiar. Where are you taking me? And so now we have a story really the saying goes, he is walking by faith, not by sight. And I don't know where we're going, but if you hold my hand, Jesus, I will go. It would have been easy, church, for him to say, I don't know you, and I don't trust you. Amen? I think I might have said that. I don't know you, and I don't trust you. It saddens me when there's a lot of people in the world, or even in the church, who would rather trust people who undermine the authority that God has given them than to trust God Almighty, who's created the mountains and oceans and has split the seas. Amen. He didn't say, I don't trust you. He would have missed out on a blessing if he would have stopped Jesus from taking him out of town. Taking him out of what was familiar Jesus did not tell him where he was taking him. And you can see the blind man saying, I don't know where we're going. Just like there's been times when I've been here, you've been, I don't know where we're going. But as long as I'm holding on to Jesus, I know for a fact it's better than where I've been. I'm having faith. It's better than where I've been. That's why I appreciate so many people here this morning. Say, I don't know where you're taking us. I don't know what's happening. But Lord, if you lead us, we will follow. And Jesus led him out of town. Jesus, why don't you heal me back there? Why can't you? Jesus is like, I could have healed you back there. But you see, it's not just about the miracle. It's about the location. Because sometimes miracles don't happen 
old places. God, take us to a new place. Some miracles don't come with old mindsets. I was praying, God, give us vision. Some things don't happen around the old circles. Jesus said, let me get you out of here and take you to a new place. I know this is how we used to sing the song back in 1970. But can I take you to a new place? I know this is how we ran church back in the 80s. But can we take you to a new place? And can you imagine how alone he felt as Jesus is taking him? He's blind. He don't know where he's going. He's been in this one place for 38 years, and all of a sudden he's going to a new place. He might have felt alone. I say that because during this three-day fast, while you're working, while you're at home, you might feel alone. You might feel like you're the only one on earth who is starving to death. I'm being serious. There might be a time you might feel all alone. But it's when you're alone, sometimes God will reveal some things to you. When you're all alone, can somebody say Moses? All alone. Elijah, all alone. Noah, alone. Jesus shouldn't have been, but in the Garden of Gethsemane, feeling all alone. John, on the island of Patmos, alone. God wants to speak to you and give you a vision. And sometimes he doesn't do it in a crowd. He does it when you're all alone. Again, Jesus takes him from a place that he's familiar with. Because it's easy to cling to what's familiar. What's normal. The Bible says Jesus spit on his eyes and put his hands on him. And this right here is powerful because when you spit on someone back in those days, they were unclean. You couldn't touch them for seven days. I thank God we're not living in those days because sometimes when I preach, I spit over the first row. <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to touch my family for like a week. So not only does Jesus spit on his eyes, he's unclean, but Jesus does something that people wouldn't have done. He actually puts his hands on him, which tells me he's saying, you know what? Yes, you're unclean. You're blind, but you're not your blindness. That doesn't define who you are. And then all of a sudden, Jesus says, what do you see? His response blows my mind. He says, I see men like trees and they're walking. I'm like, you mean to tell me Jesus is standing right in front of you or on the side of you and all you see is everything but Jesus? 
And then Jesus has him do something that he has me do at times. Jesus makes him look up again. And I'll be honest, exactly what he does when I'm so focused on everything else and everyone else. He puts his hands on him again and he made him look up. Because when we're not looking up, all we see is distractions. I believe God has given me this word that's going to help us as a church to be able to navigate through the vision that God has given us. I was thinking again, what do we want our church to be known for moving forward? So I wanted to ask that question. What would you like our church to be known for moving forward? I'm here this morning by the grace of God to stir something up. There's no magic potion. It's just the word of God to stir something up that your eyes cannot see. Like the famous Martin Luther King said, he said, I have a dream. Well, this morning, church, we have a vision. We have a vision to see the lost saved. Church, we want to look through the eyes of God. Seeing what he's seeing when it comes to the vision of our church. And I'm not talking about being able to see physically. I'm talking about being able to see something that you can't see with your eyes closed. Because sight is being able to see with your eyes open. Vision is being able to see something with your eyes closed. Have you ever closed your eyes and just envisioned something? There are things that God wants to show us, and nothing around us looks like what that is. There are things that God wants to do for our church, our city, our family, your grandchildren who don't come to this church, who someday maybe will come to this church. You can't see it right now, and the enemy does not want you to have that vision. He doesn't want you to see it. He doesn't want you to be a part of the vision that God has given our church, that God has given our board, that God has given me. He doesn't want you to see it. Because when the church has vision, there's hope, there's future, there's a purpose. And the enemy will do everything he can to get us off focus, to start focusing on everything else but the vision that he's given us. He wants us to be complacent and comfortable. Only thinking about our needs and what we want and what's comfortable for us. And a church like this, a church like any church in the world that has dreams and ambition to love people to Jesus, all of a sudden the dream, if we're not careful, can dwindle. And next thing you know, we're just coming to church, playing church, and there is no more reaching the lost. There is no more sacrificial love. There is no, it's just all about what we want. It's kind of like a business or 
a relationship or, or dating. You remember before you got married, what were you doing for her? You were writing her poems. You remembered her birthday, right? Everything was intentional. You'd open the door for her. You would call her every day or him because you had a vision to get married. You reached the vision and then what happened? I hope we revision, but just like a lot of businesses and relationships and marriages, they, they got, they reached the vision, but then there's no revisioning. And so the relationship becomes stagnant and they stale. There's no more vision. And without a vision, the people perish. I don't want our church to have the mentality of a football stadium where there's 22 men on the field desperately needing rest and thousands of people in the stands desperately needing exercise and do nothing but criticize. I was thinking of a general who says to a thousand troops, well, I'm well-trained professional. I've been educated best military academy in the world. I faced the enemy before and I know exactly what it, what it means to fight in a war. So I've decided I'm gonna fight this battle against the enemy myself. I don't wanna do that. I'm not gonna do that. And even though football is a spectator sport, the church cannot afford to have people to simply just watch on the sidelines. Everyone needs to be involved. An army will never win if only the generals fight. Church, I said this two years ago, and I can remember before we did anything with the foyer, before the parking lot, before we started taking care of the Lord's house and, 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 and fixing things and just the little stuff that just all adds up. I remember saying two years ago, and I will say it again, nothing right now looks like what God is going to do through us. Amen. Jesus took 12 ordinary, uneducated, unsophisticated men, and he equipped them for a little over three years before sending them out to change the world. Church, we're going to go out. We're going to make impact on our city. We have a vision statement. It's real simple. Do we have that up? It says, home is for everyone. It's where we belong. Home will become a known, welcoming, and lifelong church to all people, like a bag of Skittles. <laughs> Amen. I'm a part of these pastor's calls every now and then, and one of the things that they talk about a lot is, we, we, need more, we need more color in our church. I don't know about you, but we got some color up in this church. We got all, we got, we got all colors in the church. God is doing something despite COVID, despite everything that, everything that has come against us in every such way. God is moving in our church through you. 
God is going to move through our church. He's going to move through you. I'd like you to bow your heads with me at this time in the presence of God Almighty. Again, I want to encourage you, we're going to have a, a, a church-wide fast, and this will again be a three-day water, black coffee, black tea only fast. There will be prayer at the church Monday and Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., and then on Wednesday we will break the fast with a potluck at 6 p.m. I want to encourage everyone to participate for as long as they can. If you can only do an hour, make sure you're praying and reading your Bible within that hour. This is not just about starving yourself. This is about getting closer to God through his word and prayer. If you can only do a day or two days, that's fine. Join us in prayer. Whether fasting or not, same with the potluck, the goal of the fast is to have the church join together in prayer for the future of our church. I also want to encourage people to pray for themselves personally and to get closer to God during this time. Maybe you're here this morning, you're watching online, or you're visiting with us again, and you say, uh, Pastor, I, I know one thing. I'm not sure if I'm going to do this fast, and I'm not too sure. I don't understand this whole vision of the church, but I do know one thing. I'm not right with God. He's not living in my heart. He's not living in my life. That's you this morning. You say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. No one's looking around. All heads bowed, all eyes closed in respect in the house of God. No one's this between you and God. You say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. You raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. God sees that hand. Amen. Honest hearts. God sees that hand. Anybody else? God sees that hand this morning. Amen. If I get my brother to come up and, and play uh, the piano this morning. Amen. Amen. God sees that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hallelujah. Thank God for honest hearts. Glory to you, God. Maybe this morning you say, Pastor, I, I have a need. There's something that I'm that I'm that I'm needing prayer for. There's something I want to encourage you again. Come alongside with us and fast and pray and watch God. Watch God get you alone and speak to you and talk to you. Come join us Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday evening. Hallelujah. Maybe you're watching online. You say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. He's not living in my heart. He's not in my life. I need him. I want to repent of my sins. That's you. You're watching with us online. I encourage you to pray wherever you're at right now. Pray with us. We're going to pray together as a church. And as we pray, I'd like us all to stand right now. I'd like us to join hands with just the person you're with right now, just the person you're standing next to. Maybe you don't know the person you're standing next to, and that's okay. Join hands this morning as we pray, as we ask God, especially for those who raise their hand, you want to ask God to forgive you of your sins. I want you to pray this prayer. 
Bow your heads, church, and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I am sorry for what I have done. Forgive me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Restore in my life the joy of your salvation. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. rising again I do believe that I'm forgiven I do believe that I'm changed in Jesus precious name amen church I know we don't have it on the screen and I know it was a part of it but I, I want to sing how great is our God we'll start it in Spanish and then We'll go to the English version if that's okay, amen? Quan grande es Dios, cantale quan grande es Dios, y todos lo God this morning. Amen. 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 I want to say, church, if you're watching with us online today, we want to say thank you. There are so many letters I get from people who are from out of town, people who are watching constantly being faithful to the house of God who can't come out of their home. And we want to say thank you. Can we please send them some love right now? Amen. All those who are thank you for watching online with us. We appreciate you. Please join us on this fast. Be blessed this morning. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Please remain standing, church. Um, remember, if you would like to uh, open your home, uh, if you'd like to open your home, you say, Pastor, 
I want to do something for God. I, I can't teach a study. I'm not really, I don't feel like, you know what? But I'd like to open up my home for a Bible study. Please put your name down. You say, Pastor, my home is too small. I can't open up my home. Um, I'd beg to differ. Uh, I've lived in some pretty small places, and we crammed them in there, you know, but it's okay. You say, Pastor, I, I just don't feel comfortable opening my home, but I'd like to lead a Bible study. Put your name down. Maybe you say, Pastor, I'd like to lead a Bible study and open my home. Put your name down, amen? And you say, Pastor, I don't want to open up my home, and I don't want to lead a Bible study, but I sure want to come to one and connect with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to get involved. I want to be a part of this vision. I want to... I want to connect. I want to serve. I want to learn. I want to grow. Amen. Hallelujah. Part of this fast, one thing that God has put on my heart that I'd like you to pray for, and this is the, I would say, better news. Um, while we're fasting, something I want to share with you Church, I'm, I'm almost shaking inside because it's almost too good to be true. But as you all know, that property on the side of us has all been taken. It's been bought. We know it's no longer ours. We had a little portion of it that we sold a while back. And, uh, but I'm here this morning to let you know that there has, there's been someone who wants to give the church a whole acre of property for free. Um, it'll connect right next to our church. It's, it'll be used as a buffer. And we as a church can do whatever God has laid on our heart. We could put a manger scene at Christmas time. We can do our harvest fest festivals on this. We can build a garden. We can build a building and use it as a place where we could have a home church co-op again. Maybe a school. We could use it as an office. <laughs> and so on top of the land that we're praying for, that, we, that has been given to us, they also, not on top of that, have given us a large monetary donation, let's just say well over six figures. The papers have been signed, but the money is not physically in our account. But yet I'm believing God that this will continue to go through and all will go as planned. And I want you to believe with me and with our church board. And I want to give God praise for what he's been doing now. The doors that he has been opening. But no matter what. And no matter what the official outcome is of this land or the money. We're going to praise God whether it happens or not. Because our God is a God. Yes. Our, our God is a God who gives. And he takes away. But no matter what. We're going to continue with the vision that he's given us, whether that's with an anchor or with what we have now. We're going to be faithful with what he's given us 
Because if we can't be faithful in little, we cannot be faithful in much. While I was at the Reno Aces game, I noticed certain plays were made that disappointed some of the Aces fans. And I'll be honest with you, I was watching very closely as I was sitting in the back watching. They would get excited when there was a play that they, but then all of a sudden something would happen and you could see some, some disappointment. But a lot of these people weren't just fans. I noticed they were followers because they kept rooting and they kept believing in their team. And I appreciate people who are here who might say to themselves, there's disappointment. Things aren't going the way they think they should go. Things aren't happening as fast as they would like them to. And they say to themselves, or maybe to their spouse, and that's hopefully as far as it goes, we need to pray for our church leaders. Amen. We need to get behind. What can we do? How can we help? Why? Because you still believe through the test out of the comfort zone for our church and for our vision. Amen. 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 Church this morning, I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot weighing on me. A lot of stuff that's going on in the background. I just want you to say, I need your prayers and I need you. I can't do this without you. So if you want to jump on this train, it's called home church. And we're going where God wants us to go. Amen. I would encourage you to. And if you don't want to, that's okay. That's between you and God. We're all in. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Let's bow our heads this morning, church. Be blessed. Brother Matt, if you could come, please, and, and say a blessing over us as we dismiss this morning. Amen. Thank you. Father God, we are so thankful for everything you've done for us. Every blessing that we receive and everything that at the time feels definitely not like a blessing. We want to put our faith into you that we can trust our lives because of who you are. And we ask as we do this fast, as we move forward as a church, that you would continue to guide and light our way so that we can always hold on to your hand as we walk out of the building. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.